I love you, Brady. He's so noisy. He is. Yeah. Very noisy. Yeah, you wouldn't think so. Mm-hmm. You'd think he'd be kind of mild-mannered and quiet. He's a real loudmouth. Mm-hmm. Did you know that when you allowed him to to come into the mix? Allowed <laughs> him. No, he he just told me. He was like, hey. You know, you know how he is. He's very, very demonstrative. Brady. Yeah, yeah. very bossy. Bossy. Um, some would say a narcissist. <laughs> yeah, it's all about himself. <laughs> yeah. You know, some people are like, take the shirt off my back. He's like, give me your shirt. Mm-hmm. I need that shirt. Yeah, so Peyton is now safety patrol, which means we have to, like, get her and Daphne, like, down there and all that, so, um, because you, uh, Frohart. Oh, Frohart. Yeah, because you had texted, like, you're on your way, and I was like, I was still waiting on Joe to get back from safety patrol, you know? Yeah. So. It's okay. How fun for her. Oh, she loves it. I bet she does. I mean, you know. She probably takes it super seriously. Oh, yeah. yeah. And she, like, has, a, like, a catchphrase. She's been working on a catchphrase for when she closes the door. What? <laughs> yeah. Which is? I don't know. She's working on it. She's, like... Don't let the out. door hit you where the good Lord split you? <laughs> right. No. Yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's you know, like, I hope you have a wonderful day. You know, like, or whatever. She's... So yeah. Sweet. yeah. How sweet. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can help her with the catchphrases. Yeah, we can work on that. Yeah. Yeah. Because you need one for the kids as you open the door and then, like, for the parents as you leave. Better out than in, I always say. Mm. That's from Shrek. Mm-hmm. When he burps, better out and leaving, better out than in. What a, what's another good Whenever I go to, you know, like... I'll be back. How about that one? You'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> you Whenever you go to what? <laughs> whenever you need a good phrase, I always go to Shrek, right? Oh, yeah. How was your weekend? Oh, man, it was good. Like, we uh, didn't have anything for, like, Saturday afternoon. Or, I mean, Sunday afternoon and Monday. Like, whole, like, 36 hours just open. And that was nice. You know, we did a lot of outside stuff. We took the kids over to that putt-putt place over here. The um, Oh, medieval putt? Yeah. <laughs> they loved it. They have like a zip line and a foam pit and a you know, yeah. Really? Oh yeah. A zip line in there? Yeah, you putt and then you zip line over to the hole. Oh cool. I mean it's not. It's a little seat not you sit 300 on. Three hundred feet? No, it's like ten. You know, but and then there's like a a foam pit that you you have to hit. There's like a little tube. You hit it through and then you have to oh. walk across. But, of course, our kids just were jumping into the phone pit, you know, like, you can ride a dragon. Yeah. Wow. I've never been there, obviously. I need to. And they did the dinosaur one, too, and that one's really good. The prehistoric putt. Where's that? Like, the center and 100, somewhere around there. Hmm. No, never yeah. heard of it. But giant dinosaurs all over the place oh. and slides and. But the boys love that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's nice not to have a whole lot of the schedule. Yeah. For like a three day weekend. And there was good football on all weekend, so that's a good day. Um. Yeah, there was good football. Mm-hmm. As it turned out, I mean for the Husker fans anyway. Mm-hmm. Your Irish showed up. They, didn't they did completely get rolled by Ohio State. They did not. They played well. They played well. And I think I think if uh, if Notre Dame wins out and that's their only loss, nobody's gonna tag them with. It. I mean, no. I think they're in the playoff. You know, like your only loss is at Ohio State opening weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, so now you just gotta win the rest of the games. But it's not like Ohio State's gonna tank. No, they look great. They look really good. Yeah. So, yeah, that was good. And the Huskers mm-hmm. played a really good fourth quarter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
That was good. Not so good three quarters. But that's actually the opposite of what they usually do. They usually right. play marginally well, and, and then tank in the fourth. I, all I was thinking in watching the game was like at some point they need to catch a rhythm to mm-hmm. go. To, like they need something to just kind of be able to build on and go. And like I think better to have it in the fourth quarter than like be great in the first half and then fall apart in the second half. You know, because that just heads into the next game on a downward you know trajectory. Whereas here it's like, hey. We figured it out. We got into our groove. Like now, we hit. Who is it? Georgia State this week or something like that. You know, you got another Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern. Yeah, yeah. you got another team that you should be able to to roll on, and so. And Brian so Kelly much. lost. So like and he all did was lose. good. That was an amazing game. I didn't watch it, but he should lose every game from that hype video that he produced yes. over the summer or spring. Or when he was. tried to act Southern when he showed oh, yeah. up on when campus. He... Me and my family. Yeah, he's Boston Catholic and he's trying to do a <laughs> Southern accent. Do you yeah. ever do that? Do you do you assimilate? Um, I, I guess you really haven't because you're not a Husker fan. Right. So you're in Husker land, immersed in Husker culture, but you're not a Husker fan. Which I, root, I think is prob- I root for them. Sure, but it's probably easier to be that. Now, I can tell you, I remember this is many years ago, maybe 20, 20 years ago or so. Um, I went to a friend's house for, for a Husker game, and I wasn't like a huge fan, but I was wearing a red sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. It was a red Old Navy sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. It said Old Navy on it. And I got to the door, and his brother-in-law answered the door, and he was furious with me. He goes, what is that? I go, what? He goes, where's your Husker gear? And I was like, it's red. He goes, take that thing off. <laughs> he was like angry wow. with me. Why weren't you a Husker fan? You grew up here. Um, I don't know. You know what? Maybe, maybe because of this. So my dad in my early years was a, a big Husker fan, and he was also a rageaholic. Mm. So I watched his moods swing during games, mm-hmm. after games, you know, for the week following. And it really left kind of a sour taste oh, in my yeah. mouth, I think. And so I never took it that seriously. I didn't go to UNL. Mm. And so I wasn't on campus for all of that. Um, but, I mean, I grew up, I mean, I was in college for you know the 94 95 championships um 96 so I was like the same age as some mm-hmm. of those guys um so that was obviously fun mm-hmm. but I was never like all bought in like that um so for me yeah it was just like I don't know I, I think maybe because I I saw his moods change mm-hmm. for what I observed to be no good reason yeah um it never really clicked with me mm-hmm. like that but my step grandpa was that way with the Florida Gators. I mean, like intense during the games and, you know, yelling, screaming, angry, you know, emotional when they would lose. And it was, he was like all in, like life revolved around the Gators. I think there are a lot of people, I read something on, on uh, social media, this, this friend or whatever, you know, like a friend mm-hmm. on social media. A guy that I met once, I think, maybe. Right. <laughs> and he said, about to have four months worth of mood swings over a professional football team. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. Like he was right. actually, you know, admitting to the fact that like he's a Vikings fan. And so Well, that's gonna be very emotional. What's that supposed to mean? The Vikings. They're are you a Viking? Yeah, I'm a Viking fan. Okay. Well, they're just, you know. I'm a Vikings fan for two reasons, maybe three, two reasons that I can think of off the top of my head. Number one, uh, when Sarah was pregnant with Cameron, she's like, we got to be a football, like we got a boy coming, so we got to like, yeah, be a, we got to pick, pick a football something. team. And I was like, okay. I said, well, we live in Nebraska, so you can go Chiefs, mm-hmm. you can go Broncos, you can go Vikings, you can go Green Bay, right. or you can go the Bears. Right. And she didn't really have a pull one way or the other. And I said, well, when I played um, like midget football, I was the Vikings, you know. She's mm-hmm. like, there you go. She's like, and I like the colors. All right. So we're Vikings fans. Got it. 
strong, strong reason there. Isn't it though? Yeah. Yeah. So proximity. Yeah. Um, and which brings us to a good Grace Hill story. We met Kirk Cousins. Yes, not we, but you. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. The Grace Hill. Some of the Grace Hill staff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we went to Phoenix for a conference, and we stayed for Sunday to uh, check out some area churches. And one of the churches we were going to, I mean, it's this mag, mega, mega church in, in Phoenix called Christ of the Valley. You know, like, like their campus is just unbelievable, huge. And for that Sunday, they had Kirk Cousins there giving his testimony at the services, and so, like, we sit through church, he does all that, and then we were like, hey, let's walk around the church, you know, and just check things out, you know, and another service was starting, you know, and all that, and so, like, we're just walking around, checking everything out, and all of a sudden, out this side door, Kirk Cousins pops out, and we were all standing right there, we were like, can, can we get a picture of you? And, like, we made the senior picture, like, or the senior pastor take the picture, he was like, he was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess I'll take the picture. You know, like we're like we don't, we don't care about, about you. Like <laughs> we're just here visiting. Like and yeah, and so we the staff we got a picture with Kirk Cousins. Do you find it interesting that a lot of court, professional quarterbacks in particular are faith filled Christ followers? There is for the quarterback, uh, just as a whole. Yeah, mm-hmm. there are a lot of them. Cousins, obviously, is one. Cousin. His dad was a pastor at Willow Creek. Right. Yeah. 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 A lot of them. I mean, Carson, Carson Wentz, Wentz, like, baptized guys in the team, yeah. or in the hotel pools, you know, on trips and mm-hmm. stuff. And, yeah, there's a lot. Tim Tebow. Tim, <laughs> Tim Tebow. Maybe the best quarterback ever. Hey. Hey. I'm not. He's a serious. I, I give that guy a lot of props. Yeah. The, I mean. I don't know how I want to word that. I think he 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 stood strong in the faith with such a spotlight on him. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, he brought a spotlight on him purposefully too. You yeah. know, and but I, I think he handled it better than ninety nine point nine percent of the people could have handled that kind of spotlight. For sure. And continues to to make wise decisions and uphold the faith. And mm-hmm. great guy. Not easy to do when you're. Famous, wealthy, right? Um, Didn't he marry a Miss America or something like not that? America. Or? She's, I think she's from uh, somewhere else. Actually, oh okay. I think she's from South America, maybe. Okay, maybe she's Miss South America. Miss South America. There you go. I don't really know. He married a beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So one time, so I did my internship out in Denver. Uh, for when you're a pastor, you go to two years of seminary. Because all, all Lutheran pastors, we have our master's. Um, you have to have an undergrad, and then you go to seminary and get your master's in divinity. Not all. Not not all. We have SMP. We have SMP program, but all residency. All real pastors. <laughs> no, <laughs> residency <laughs> pastors. Um, and so you do two years, you do a year-long internship, and then you come back for your last year. And my internship was in Denver, and it was Tim Tebow's first year in Denver. Oh, and so yeah. I went to training camp a couple times to try and get autographs. And the, the mass around him was, you know, like 500 people deep and stuff. But Brady Quinn, who yeah. is a Notre Dame quarterback, was also there. He was like the third stringer. And so, like, all three times I went, like, he had, like, two people next to him. So I talked to him each time and got him to sign a ball and, <laughs> you know, got to talk to with Brady Quinn. You're smart. Yeah. You're smart. And, uh, <laughs> and it was cool. A really nice guy. Yeah. And now he's on the uh, Fox pregame right. thing. Yeah. Yeah. But... Yeah. Football. Love football. Thank you for listening to our sports talk podcast. Yes. Yes. Grace Hill Sports. <laughs> I want to go back to assimilation. Um, you're talking about um, Brian Kelly. Yeah. And, and uh, doing two things that were kind of weird. Number one, imitating a southern accent when he's clearly not southern. Right. And the other was like dancing to hip hop music with, yeah. a recruit, with a five star recruit who ultimately. Picked another school. Did he, did he decommit or did he just choose another school? He just chose another school. <laughs> Those videos were cringy. Oh, they were so cringy. Yes. Really bad. Very but good. I understand why he... Yeah, he's trying to... Yeah, when you're 68 and you're in the game, you know, like you got to try and look relevant and mm-hmm. cool. And it doesn't 
it doesn't work. No, it does not work. Which segues to Grace Hill. Because <laughs> <laughs> this guy is not cool. <laughs> like, Ooh, so I don't try to... This isn't on video, so what are they... You're saying this me, guy. Me. I am not who cool. Who has two thumbs and is not cool? <laughs> yeah. This, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're cool. No, I'm not. You and I don't, I don't cool? try to be. Like, I... You know, the social media stuff and the, you know... The only thing I post is a, like, maybe monthly update of pictures of the family, like what we've been up to. You know, like, I don't, I don't tweet everything. And and the big reason is, it's like, I don't want, I don't want our youth and our people on their social media 24-7. So I'm not going to post 24-7 for them to look at stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like, I, I would love to see our people disconnect from that. You know, like. Our people. Yeah. Yeah. But it is an effective tool to reach people who aren't connected with Grace Hill, who don't know well, what Grace Hill's about. And that's and Joe and I have said this many times. If if we didn't need to be on social media, we would. Yeah. But exactly what you're saying, you have to be on social yeah. media today. That's where the world is at. Um, but it's unbelievable the studies you're seeing, even Facebook's own study, which has leaked out in the mm-hmm. last year or two, of the effects that social media have had on our young people. Yeah, how the execs don't let their kids have social media accounts. Yes. And, and, and that they even did studies to show that um, kids that were actively on social media versus rarely on social media, mm-hmm. you know, the depression is through the roof. Mm-hmm. The self-loathing is through the roof. The, you know... All these unhealthy things that come from the social media and and everything, because um, it's a wormhole. You know, I have Instagram and um, you. Uh, um, you, I don't. I'm gonna sound so old when I say this, but you, you click the little like search hourglass thing. Yeah, and, and you know, like, and then it's just random videos. It's not random videos. It's videos that there's an algorithm. Like oh, they're right. trying to target right. you. Like, and it you works. You might like this. Because Joe, Joe will be sitting there and she'll be like, honey, you've been looking at that for like 30 minutes. And I'm just like video after video. Mm-hmm. Like just next one, next yeah. one, next one. And, and, and then I'm like, wow, yeah. Like, and I put it away. It's a time suck. It is. You, it, you, you time to, it's the same. It's sort of the same thing as, uh, as casinos in Vegas that have no windows right. and have no clocks. Right. They know what they're doing. Like time passes and you don't even know what right. day it is. And that's like, true with social media. You, what is the uh, documentary on Netflix? Uh, social Dilemma. Social Dilemma. I mean, that was just mind-blowing. <sighs> and as they build that mega, the largest um, data center here, Facebook has that. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be the largest one in the world yeah. when they're done. I mean, that's all it's doing is just studying you and sucking mm-hmm. you in. Yeah, you know? I had a, a friend... Um, guy I worked with who was when Facebook went public he's like I'm thinking about buying some shares he's like I don't know what do you think I said I would mm-hmm. because it's an information it's a data company it's right. not a social media company it's a data company right it's a data collecting company they know everything about everybody yep like that's and they always sell it to be. everyone exactly yeah yeah so it's free right right it's free, but you're giving up like, it, valuable it details. Disgust me how much they, because like Joe and I talk about this all the time. Like we'll have conversations, and yeah. our phone is around. Yeah. And then the next time I hop on Facebook, there's ads for whatever we were talking about. Because mm-hmm. like, for instance, this literally happened yesterday. We were talking about uh, soap operas. <laughs> Because neither one of us watched soap operas. We have no, you know, and and Joe brought up that her grandma used to watch, I forget which one, like religiously every day, you know, you couldn't, and I was like, are soap operas even on anymore? Like, you don't, I, you know, like it used to be like if you went to the car place or the, not the car place, but um, just people that had daytime TV yeah. on, like it would be on, be playing, yeah. but I never really noticed them anymore. And I was like, are soap operas even around? You know what I had commercial for? Days of Our Lives. Oh, yeah. It was like, you know, what's new on Days of Our Lives? And I was like, you dirty little phone. Yeah. You are listening listening to me. me. Stop it. You know, like, but that's so disturbing. Sometimes when I want something, you know, 
uh, but I need like my wife to buy into it. <laughs> I'll just go to her phone and I'll say, speedboat, 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 speedboat. <laughs> That's fantastic. I have not thought of that. I'm going to start doing that. New guitar, new guitar. <laughs> so one time Sarah said that she was driving somewhere and she saw somebody who she recognized as the wife of an acquaintance of mine. This is not somebody who she would, you know, know in social circles or whatever. Yeah. She was the wife of, a, of an acquaintance of mine. She saw her in the intersection. Mm-hmm. She drove home, Sarah did, and looked at her Facebook account and guess who came up as a suggested friend? Isn't Which that, you've never seen before. Right, because it's tracking your past. So it's listening stuff. to you, it knows where you are. And it, it knows, knows who you're interacting with. Right. I mean, that's so disturbing. Yeah. Yeah, that's. that's and for that reason, that is why, like, yeah, I, you know, I think it's all unhealthy. It's where the world is, and you have to, you have to, you know, be in the world, but not of the world, you know? And so, you know, I, I, but yeah, I'm not one of those guys that's, Posting every five seconds and, you know, tweeting everything I'm doing and, um, and I'm, and please hear me. I'm not knocking those guys because they're reaching a, a niche and an audience of those people that are constantly on their phone. And, and I just, I don't think it's healthy for me to be that guy Yeah, for my own sake. I think it's different and, for, for people, uh, for everybody. It's a personality trait, maybe. Um, like my son Logan has, he's. 17 years old, senior in high school, and he has zero social media accounts. Right. And not because he doesn't think he can handle it, because he is wholly disinterested right. in any of it. Uh, he just, just I don't know, he has a maturity to him that I don't have. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, you know, some people are like, I don't want it because it, it'll waste all my time. Um, some people are like, no, I want it because it's important for whatever, you mm-hmm. know. Some people want to be disconnected and they have... FOMO, fear of missing out. Um, but in his case, it's somebody like I see no, I see no point to it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Well, don't and that brings up the whole online church thing. That's a huge movement right now. That you have these online campuses. Mm-hmm. You know, the, these large churches where they they have specific. They're recording specific content just for their online audience that they have no expectation are local. Um, and they try and create little groups within, you know, their their viewers, and um, and you know, and we have we have churches that we're we're good friends with that do that, you know, and um, and Grace Hill doesn't do that because the the very essence of who we are is all built on relationship yeah. and being together, um, and so like I remember when COVID started coming out, or I'm I'm sorry, when COVID started kind of slowing down mm-hmm. um, we actually went offline for six weeks to get people to show back up yeah. and, and and that was purposeful to say like okay we're getting too used to sitting at home we're getting too used to being isolated we're getting too used to just you know staying in the pajamas and watching and now that's great for a hundred other people but for who we are and what we value most which is being face to face in relationships, we're not going to go that direction. Um, and look, that's what I love about Christianity is you can find every flavor and every style. So there are the churches that still are huge in the online world, mm-hmm. and awesome. I'm rooting for them. They're reaching people we're not going to reach, mm-hmm. but we're also reaching people they're not going to reach because we're we're focused on being together, being in person, being in relationship. Yeah. So. Yeah, I uh, was talking to a friend of mine who uh, is, not, is not connected with Grace Hill. And um, he was saying that he's, he loves to be the kind of like the anonymous churchgoer. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not interested in, in um, hanging out at church, connecting with a bunch of people, um, being involved beyond. Uh, he's kind of been burned before yeah. with his involvement. And uh, so he just wants to kind of float in anonymously for Sunday right. worship, take in worship, you know, and then once it's over, he wants to be out the door. Um, and I get that. I get that. I think especially if you've been burned. Like, mm-hmm. I understand that, that desire to just, you know, I, I just, 
I don't want to be involved in at all. I, I don't want to, I don't want to get you know, pulled in and sucked into the drama or the politics yeah. and or the business, the business side, side the yeah, yeah, the sausage, how the sausage how, is how made, how yeah, the sausage is made. But but yeah, Grace Hill, like, and we've had that in our past. We've had people that walk in, see the tables, and go, "No thanks, no thank you." I mean, literally, I've had people turn around and go, "I have to sit at a table with somebody." I'm like, "Well." You get to. You yeah, you get to. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's that's how we do things to meet people. And they're like, Nope. And I'm like, Okay. Yeah. There's a hundred and and I mean this sincerely, there are a hundred great churches in Omaha. Yeah. Truly I think Omaha is blessed with a fantastic Christian church just spectrum. Yeah. Um and we have our niche. Mm-hmm. And our you you cannot be anonymous at Grace Hill. Uh, you, it would be very hard for you to be anonymous at Grace Hill. Yeah. And My wife tries. She, <laughs> but even she can't be anonymous at Grace Hill. Um, so she doesn't um, listen, so we can talk about her all day. <laughs> she said she only listens to the first 20 minutes. <laughs> uh-huh. Sure, she does. Sure, she does. Uh, <laughs> your, um, your message this past Sunday uh, was focused on um, being citizens of heaven but residents of this culture yep. if I'm going to like sum it up in one statement yep, that's what that's I it. would say yep. um, and, I, and I think it was very thought provoking I was listening uh, and taking it in and, and thinking about it, it, made, it made me think about a few different things I want to talk about today um, but if you wouldn't mind introducing it um, a bit to the audience today a little more in depth. Yeah. Um, and so what we were, we're in Colossians chapter three, uh, this last Sunday and, and just talking about that. Um, once we believe in Jesus, follow Jesus, we are immediately citizens of the kingdom of heaven. That that doesn't happen once you die, that that happens now. And what we talked about is if you are a citizen of heaven now, what does the kingdom of heaven, what are, what is that kingdom like? You know, what are the principles of that kingdom? What are the tenets of that kingdom? And then who are you going to be in that kingdom? Because once you die and you are with God eternally, you're a new creation too. And, and so you get to you get invited to be a part of that kingdom now and so the big conversation was as you look at how you handle your thoughts how you handle your desires how you handle your marriage your family your relationships your parenting your finances your your free time and so you, as you look at all of those things around you what shapes that is that the culture around you or is that your citizenship from heaven. And, and so um, what we talked about is trying to just look in the mirror and say, hey, how I do these things? Am I getting my advice and am I getting um, my principles and perspectives from culture or from God? Um, and then just remembering that you, you are invited into something different now. Uh, you're a part of the kingdom of heaven today. Mm-hmm. You can be different today. And you you are in progress becoming the future person, the perfect person mm-hmm. that you will be for forever. And so start living like that person more than living like the person you're looking at in your past. Mm-hmm. It's kind of That's kind of it in a nutshell. Yeah, and you broke it down uh, into few different pieces uh of course um about you know, non-christians and yeah care of how you don't yeah so like you have the non-christian who has no concern or care for what god says and just totally takes all of their life advice from the culture um then you have the the christian will say maybe in in quotes mm-hmm. um who says i believe god's real um and, and I believe Jesus is real, um, but it's kind of the life insurance Christian who says, but that's for when I die. Mm. 
for right now, I'm just going to live as if he's not real. I'm going to make my own decisions, do what I want to do, make, you know, and, and then when I die, I have Jesus. I believe he's real. I'll be forgiven and I'll be in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we said, you know, that's, that's more in quotes because the, the word Christian means Christ follower. <laughs> so I mean, literally it means I follow Christ, mm-hmm. not just, I, I think Christ is real, but I, I actually follow him. Mm-hmm. And, and can you at your deathbed, um, say, God, forgive me. And yeah, you can. Um, but, but that doesn't mean that a life lived apart from him, that you're going to, that that's, that's what God wants for you or that, um, God only knows the sincerity of your heart at that point. Um, and then we talked about the other type of Christian that, that takes bits and pieces of what they want of God. Like, God, I think you're real and, and I'll, I'll follow some of the things, but you know, we here on earth, we have our, our own way of doing things. And some of the things we've do here in culture, we have figured out better than you. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to listen to culture for these things. And then we're going to listen to you for what we want to, but we're going to, we're going to cherry pick what we want Mm -hmm. of this. And we kind of know best of how things work best down here. Yeah. Uh, Rather um, than following Christ and and becoming more like him, uh, we're asking him to bless what we're doing. Yep. You know, one of the things that I think about pretty regularly is how non-believers observe Christians and will make their determination or make the decisions, if you will, um, about their faith or their lack of faith or believing or non-believing based on the actions of yeah. believers. Uh, and I think about that often because, you know, being being Christian, uh, we are to follow Christ, become more like Him. And then another step, you know, being on staff mm-hmm. for a church, uh, you know, there there's a lot that comes with that as well. Um, expectations, I think, mm-hmm. and uh, and so leaving your past behind, right? Um, and following Christ is sometimes a difficult thing to do and more difficult when you think, I'm not worthy of uh, a Savior. I'm not worthy of, uh, of serving a church or being in church um, or being on staff mm-hmm. or leading a church because of my past. Mm-hmm. And people will judge me for my past um, and think that I'm being hypocritical mm-hmm. or that I'm being phony now because they're like, that's the real Aaron, right? Mm-hmm. That's the real Aaron. Um, I know who he is. Mm-hmm. He's this guy from back then. Um, and there have been times uh, when, I've, when I've worked you know, full-time in ministry where those thoughts actually prevented me or, or were, were trying to prevent me from... Um, from being all in Mm -hmm. because I thought, man, I'm just not, I'm not that guy, Mm -hmm. you know, look at, look at this, this circumstance, this decision, whatever, this choice. And it's the devil whispering in my ear, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not good enough. Like people are going to know who you really are. This isn't really you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've had it happen even more recently where I've had people come up to me and say, Hey, I just want to let you know that I used to like, I, thought you, you were a real jerk <laughs> I think was the word that, that this person used I, I, I thought that you were a real jerk and I want to apologize to you because I wasn't giving you a chance mm-hmm. you know, I was just taking one side of the story or whatever and and I thought that was so interesting first of all I thought that was just huge for somebody to come up to you and be like hey I, yeah out of the blue like I was thinking these things about you and I'm sorry but isn't that Christian the, the Christian walk we're all called to like you had no idea that that person felt that way. But as Christians, that's what we're called to do, is to reconcile yeah. and say, hey, look, you, you might not have even known that I felt this way, but there's been a, a break in our relationship or it's been held at bay. Um, yeah. And, and so let me confess that and let me, let me make it right. Because even if it's internal and you don't even know, mm-hmm. I want to make it right. Yeah. 
And my response was, well, thank you. No apology, no apology <laughs> necessary. I was a jerk. <laughs> yeah. You were dead on, man. You, you yes. nailed it. Right. I was, I was a miserable person. Yeah. So um, I do think that's interesting. And, and we've talked about it before where it might even prevent people from leaving a sinful life uh, or leaving a sin behind, repenting and, uh, and choosing a new path because of what they think people might observe to be a hypocritical yeah. um, lifestyle or, or being phony and, or, you know, like faking a Southern accent right, all of right, a sudden. Right. You know what I mean? Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly, yeah. Um, and, and I think that's why we have to keep using that phrase so often, and I said it this week, that we are works in progress. Mm. That we are, whether you are taking your first step of sobriety or whether you have been sober, you know, five years, whether you are taking your first step of getting your family, you know, in in a new direction, or whether you've been a great, like, all of us are on the path of, of following Jesus. Whether you're taking that first week step or the 10,000th step, we're all there together. Yeah. And the person taking the 10,000th step needs to look back at the person taking their first step and encourage them, yeah. not say, oh, how dare you take a step in this direction? Mm-hmm. Um, because, and that's what I talked about, is is if you're looking in the mirror and you don't like what you see, that's okay. Because you are not the things of your past, the flaws and the failures. You are the things in your future, that there is a perfect you coming. Mm-hmm. And God is at work, and he, he's not going to stop loving you. He's not going to stop changing you. He's not going to abandon you. He is at work in your life. And, and he, you are a work in progress. Mm-hmm. And so this one work in progress up front, and, and up front singing, and up front speaking, is going to try and encourage and, and guide and help other works in progress mm-hmm. to just take more steps. I mean, that's all we're doing. I don't stand up there and say, hey, guys, I'm perfect. I have it all figured out, um, so be like me. I say, hey, guys, I'm a work in progress, but I know that the answers are not found in this world and in this culture. I know they're found in Jesus. And so I'm, I'm showing you what I'm seeing, that it's all about Jesus. And so I'm going to keep trying to take steps towards Jesus and I'm going to encourage you to take steps towards Jesus. I'm going to try and open your eyes to see Jesus more clearly and and I'm going to I'm going to try and get you to quiet the culture around you more and listen to Jesus more and we're all going to take steps together. And when someone falls back, we're going to we're going to rally around them and pull them forward and when the lost are out there, we're going to we're going to wake them up and have them take steps for mm-hmm. the first time. You know, like it's just that's that's the beauty of Christianity is when you really see it for what it is. Um, it's beautiful. And, and the problem is, is the churches that create a hypocritical environment of perfection here on earth or, you know, here is the person you should emulate instead of the God that you should follow. Mm-hmm. Um it burns a lot of people. Um, and those people on the outside, I think there's a large percentage that use hypocrisy as an excuse not to come to church. Mm-hmm. But I do think there's a, also a fair percentage that have been burned by the hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's a shame. I can say um, unequivocally, that if you're looking to me to lead this perfect example of what Christ is, who Christ is, I'm gonna let you down every time. Yeah, same here. I mean, I as as much as I want to aspire to um, <laughs> to that, like I'll let you down. Yeah, I'll let you down. Um, but Jesus never will. Right. He never, ever, ever will. Right. And he's the only one who never will. Right. Yeah. Um, you made a point. You, you said, how do we start to be that person? Yeah. Um, a kingdom person. 
yeah. not, not an earthly culture person. And you took it from Scripture, and I just jotted a couple of notes um, from Scripture. Put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Yeah. Oof. Right. <laughs> and and I, think, I think that phrase means you need to start looking at your life and, and weighing things. Where do I get, you know, like, um, when I leave my family, am I, am I looking at how does God tell me to leave my family and I'm using that as my, my compass of what direction to go or am I looking at culture of how to leave my family and I'm using that as my compass? That's what he's saying. Like, put to death all this earthly stuff. And the first step of that is calling it out. Actually doing the hard work of figuring out what direction am I going and where is that coming from? Mm-hmm. What is the source of that information that I'm using? Um, and I think that's step one. And so, you know, and I think these are all good things to just stop and reflect. And, and usually the way you can tell what's out of sync is what's not working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is not working? And then what... what principles or guidelines or information am I working with? Is it God or is it culture? Mm-hmm. Well, let me, let me go back to the Bible. What does God say about this? How do I start heading in that direction mm-hmm. and see if it doesn't get back in check? It goes on and says, clothe yourself in compassion, kindness, humility, mm-hmm. gentleness. I think about that a lot when I'm driving. Driving is a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, am I compassionate? Right. <laughs> Am I humble? Yeah. Am I gentle? You know, it's interesting as uh, uh, as we start having a lot more Grace Hill kids, you know, start driving for the first time and, and all this. I have found that has been my big compassionate thing is, you know, I see the car in front of me and I'm like, what are they doing? You know, like, and then I think like here in Nebraska, we have 14 year olds that are allowed to drive. You're like, that could be. One of our kids, yeah. you know, out there, I'm going to give them space. I'm going to slow down. I'll yeah. let somebody honk at me and I'll let them, you know, like, you know, but I just, that just floors me that 14 year olds can drive by themselves. Like I get it in rural areas, but sure. here in the city, oh my gosh, that's too young. Yeah. Um, and, and, and yet I know there's parents that are like, I have to, yeah. you know, like I can't, you know, like get them there. And, but yeah, I, so that has kind of changed my mindset of, Okay, let's let's be or whenever you know on Dodge there's like that person going twenty. Whenever I pull up next to him and see, it's always like some old person, you know, like you know, barely yeah. looking over the steering Just wheels, taking it real right. Easy. They're like, oh man, yeah, <laughs> probably heading to a doctor. <laughs> I was so humbled once because I was late to church, different church, mm-hmm. and. I was, I was late and I was trying my best to get there and you know, like I can't be late. Right. I get there. And I cut somebody off in my attempts to get there more quickly. Yeah. And it was a church member. <laughs> See, yeah, I got to be careful cause I got the Grace Hill stickers on my, and I have a Your very, very <laughs> I have a very noticeable caller. Cause yeah, I've, I had, uh, I remember Jessica Covey called me out once because I was late to youth group and <laughs> I like floored it past her. And, uh, um, I wasn't like late to youth group, but I was later than I wanted to be, you know, like, and so like I floored it past her and like, she got there and she was like, you know, I had the kids in the car and, you know, as we get ready to teach them about, you know, driving safe and stuff, I saw you, you know, flooring it past <laughs> us and. I was like, okay, Sorry. I have a very noticeable car. I, right. need to be, I need to be careful. You need to get like a white SUV with right. no badging. Right. Yeah, you could be, with tinted windows. Yeah. I think we ought to do the opposite. I think we ought to just like wrap my car in like Grace Hill. Ooh, yeah. Just like the Grace Hill car. It would look really cool. It's yeah. not a bad idea, actually. Yeah. I'd drive it. I'm in on that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> scripture goes on. Uh, and you referenced this already. Teach and admonish one another with all the wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit. Yeah. Um, teach and admonish. That word, admonish. Yeah. yeah. So I want to go back um, to, to that topic of being anonymous in, in church. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard to 
teach and admonish somebody who is anonymous mm-hmm. in worship. It's also hard um, if you're an anonymous churchgoer to teach and admonish somebody else. Right. Because there's no relationship. There. If, if you're anonymous, you can't be known. And right. if you're not known, nobody can call you out on anything. They can't call you out, and you also can't call other people right. out. Um, but I love that word, admonish. And I think that's such a delicate word because people are like, well, A, I hate it when people at church think that they can judge me. Mm. Um, and and B, like, I don't want to call out other people. But admonishing, it, it's a gentle word. It's, you know, like, for instance, I had a, uh, I had a parent in his 50s who had just found out that his daughter was having an affair, right? And she's in her, like, 20s. And he came and talked to me, and he's like, you know, I don't feel like I can say anything because I cheated on her mom and we're divorced, you know, like. And I said, actually, you of all people are qualified to say something. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I am. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, he confronted his daughter and was like, look, this is wrong. You need to stop this. And her immediate response sure, was, right who are you to tell me? You know, like, and all this. And and he said, I said exactly what he said. I said, honey, I think I'm the most qualified to tell you this is wrong. And he said, immediate waterworks hmm. and repentance. And, and, and so I think when we admonish, it's not... Here I am in the judgment seat. Yeah. It is, here I am loving you, saying, I don't want this for you. <laughs> like, I don't want this for you. Um, and it's not judging. It's, look, I'm a mess, and I don't want you to be a mess. Yeah. I love you. I don't want you to hurt. And I've learned this lesson. I don't want you to learn this lesson. And so, we, yeah, we have to be gentle in those things. But we have to call those things out, out of love. And it references wisdom, you know, and, and wisdom comes from you know, the, the life experience in part, and uh, and that's a great example mm-hmm. of somebody living that uh, that bad choice, that that season, and then being able to then help, right, teach and admonish right. somebody uh, through their own experience right. with it. Uh, and the goal of admonishing is not telling someone else they're wrong. Mm-hmm. The goal of admonishing is helping someone else repent. I mean, it's not, hey, we're going to have this talk, and at the end of this, I need you to agree with me. It's, hey, we're going to have this talk, and at the end, I want you to not want what you want. Mm-hmm. And when you go in with that mindset, it's different. Because it's not me versus you. It's, hey, I'm in this for you, and I want this for you. Mm-hmm. And God wants something better for you. It's yeah. different. I like what you said about just to 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 sum it up, maybe. Um, I don't know how much time we really spend thinking about our eternal home. Yeah. Um, we spend a lot of time, and, and this is maybe just me, uh, more no, so. But I think it's true. People thinking about you know living the life of a of a, a believer. Um, being a part of the kingdom, but living on earth and how, how to live on earth as a, as a believer, as a Christ follower. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how much time we spend about spend t- thinking about what heaven is mm-hmm. um, as a permanent resident, an eternal resident of heaven. We're going to be there forever. going to be like forever. <laughs> yeah. Forever. And um, you, know, you, you referenced that like you might be six foot five. That'd be kind of cool. But, uh, <laughs> please God, <laughs> just this one thing you and I would both like more hair, right? Yeah. Um, but you said, you know, just to think about not having the, the pains, you know, yeah. the physical pains or the emotional pains. And, uh, and, and I would really encourage people to, to think on that, to think on, um, you know, just being pain-free, um, mentally, emotionally, physically pain-free, uh, because we all have them. And the yeah. older we get, the more we get, right? 
Um, because I think that's a good way to to really understand, maybe not understand, but feel what heaven will be like uh, for us. Um, when you think about just like the achy back in the morning, like just something yeah. like that. Or even even the deeper stuff, like I think all of us are shaped by the, the hurts that we've gone through in our lives. Like the things people have said, the things that have happened to us, the 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 bullying you face as a kid that you, like that stuff shapes you yeah can you imagine what it feels like to not let any of that shape you anymore mm-hmm. to not be controlled by any of that to not be trying to please anybody to just being you you know letting the weird out you know and not caring who sees it and the, mm-hmm. you know just just being free mm-hmm. of what anybody thinks and like god's like Man, I made you that way. I want to see it. I, I let it out, you know, like be free. No more baggage, no more hurt, no more pain, no more like the 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 things you go through, the things you doubt about yourself, the things that you 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 know, can you imagine what it's like in the morning to wake up and not have one negative thought? I cannot. About anyone else or yourself to have zero negative yeah. thoughts. Yeah, I mean, it's, we visited about it before. Like, I wake up bent to the negative almost every morning. Right. It's it's. I don't know why I just wake up. Yeah. You know, and that's that's who I am until I've had a pretty strong coffee. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Okay, Pastor. You know what time it is. Five random questions. That's right. Let's do it. Five questions chosen uh, that you have no advanced notice nor knowledge of, and you need to answer as quickly as possible. (laughs) No thinking. Feel like you've been cheating a little bit. I've been getting that feedback that I cheat on this and answer way too long. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's I'll take it to heart. I will try to answer as quick as possible. Good. Good. Okay. Rapid fire question number one, Pastor Buzz. What is your favorite Bible verse? Oh, goodness. Um, You're doing it. I know. Well, um, I would say my favorite Bible verse, uh, and, and I use it like in the tagline of my emails, is the Romans 12.12. 12. Um, and it's be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Hmm. I think when you talk about the Christian walk, like, it's just that succinct. I, I like simple things. Like, just give me three three things, you know, like, yeah. so um, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Mm-hmm. But I I am the type of person, like, I don't have favorites. And my daughter Peyton's the same way. Like, you can ask her, hey, what's your favorite this today? And it's this. And and then tomorrow it's this. And, it, and I'm that way with everything it's so different yeah bible verses it's like well okay but then tomorrow it'll be james you know three and then the next day it'll be you know this and the next day it's this and i i it's mood based for me oh true it's almost like music if you ask me what my favorite song is like it's a mood thing um and i think bible verses are the same way well, and, so, and you know if, like if first thing in the morning if you're going through a um, uh, a study or a devotional, or whatever you know, something might pop and hit with you, and so that that'll carry you through the week. So, like, that's your favorite verse for that right. week, even. Well, and and I think, like, I appreciate the question more if it's like, what's your f- verse that you go to for this? Yeah. What's your, you know, like, because mm-hmm. I have like those kind of, because I mean, how do you rank? Well, this is my verse that I go to for reminding me of my thankfulness. You yeah. know, this is my verse I go to to humble me. Mm-hmm. This is my verse that I go to for joy. You know, like. Mm-hmm. So and struggle like this is the right. way to go to yeah, yeah for sure like Psalm forty or not Psalm forty four Isaiah forty one you know when you know whenever I go to visit people that are going through things you know like I love that one That's a good too. you know and then I I'm a classic Psalm twenty three like I could read that over and over because I, I think every time I it hits me some part of it hits me in a different mm-hmm. way and th- and there's a reason why it's a classic you know like. And there's not a single time that I read that that I don't get choked up on the last and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Like, just that, you know, as he talks through the shadow and the valley and, mm-hmm. you know, everything. And then 
and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Like, yeah, like we were talking just about Just like, that's just kind of like an anthemic phrase, mm-hmm. you know, just like, boom. Forever. Yeah. Forever. Forever. Yeah. It's a long time, really. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, rapid fire question number two. Pastor Buzz, who's your favorite Bible character? Huh. Um, just out of, you know, just, I love how interesting Samson, you really? know, like, well, I mean, he's just such a, the hair. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, I love, you know, like, I, I think there's things to admire about, you know, so, so many of the characters, uh, but Samson's just such an interesting character because there's just nothing in Samson that I see that God would want. Mm-hmm. Like, at least with David, you know, you have you have strong moments and you have weak moments. Abraham, you have strong moments and weak moments. Moses, you know, like Samson is just that guy that's like, God, why? In the, it's literally God's like, I'm picking you and there is nothing in you that is worthy. Right. Like, at no point does he do anything admirable. And yet God uses them in a powerful way. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I, I always... You know, it's just kind of one of those characters that you're reading. You're just like, you're just a giant knucklehead. Mm-hmm. Like, time and time again, there's nothing about you that, you know. Um, and I like Paul's sassy mouth. Like, I think he, you know, I think he and I would get along, you know, because I think, I think he's sardonic. You know, that's that's uh, sarcasm. That that's. Uh, um, offensive, yeah. you know, like not playful sarcasm. Right. It's, it's more, you know, yeah, there's bitey a, there's sarcasm. Yeah. And I think Paul's that way. <laughs> you know, like I think his preaching would be that way. And sure. um, but yeah, I'd say Samson because he he's just a interesting guy. That was an unpredictable. That I did not. Uh, I would not have guessed that. Good answer. Okay, uh, so right along with the theme here, you catch okay. it on right. Rapid fire question number three: What's your favorite parable? I, this is such a cliche, but the prodigal son. I love it. I just I love it so much. I love the prodigal son. Yeah, it, but but I love all the elements of it because uh-huh. it's it's not just about the one son. It's about the father and it's about the other brother. brother I mean, it's just such a layered story mm-hmm. that that goes. Then I think you you see play out in life all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, you could, you could preach that parable three weeks in a row and go three totally different ways with it. Yeah. It's just that deep. Yeah. From the son's perspective, from the father's perspective, right. from the brother's perspective. Right. Um, yeah. Awesome. Okay, good. Uh, this was going to be a hard one. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Actually, the next two are not going to be easy. I'll okay. just give you that little heads up. Uh, next question, what has been your greatest success in ministry? Your greatest success story in ministry? Maybe it will be easy, actually, now that I say it out loud. And that could be, like, there's no qualifications on okay. that. It could be, like, very narrow. It could be... Well, I mean, the the simple answer is Grace Hill. Yeah. Um, you know, when we started Grace Hill, uh, we, we knew that... Um, only 50% of church plants make it a year and only 20% make it five years. Hmm. Um, and what we have, have seen happen at Grace Hill is really unprecedented, um, you know, to, to move three times to, uh, you know, and, and not local. I mean, hmm. like Gretna to Elkhorn is a giant move. Um, and, and even from Noah's. Noah's to Gretna, you know, it was a giant move. Um, we've seen, you know, like uh, financially, there's there was, you know, at the beginning, you know, there were some some hardships there, and and we were able to to work through all that. Um, you know, staffing and people stepping down and stepping away or leaving. Um, you know, it's just there, there's a lot. Um, and, and we buck a lot of trends, you know, like we, um, you know, we do the table worship and that's not very visitor 
friendly, you know, like you don't want to show up and sit at a table I mean, with people. It very much is, but it does not seem that way. When you walk in, no. Yeah, when you walk it, in, you're it, like, okay, this is... I don't like this, yeah. right. Um, there, there, we just buck a lot of trends. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and I think the Holy Spirit has done it. I do think um, that that I've had a big role in that. Um, but I don't just say that it's me. I think it was because um, when we started Grace Hill, we had lots of options. I could have been the sole guy that made every decision. Like, we could have set it up that way, mm-hmm. that it was kind of the, I'm the CEO and everybody serves under me. And, you know, like, um, but I gave a lot of leadership away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that leadership really helped shape who we are too. And, and so it's been a team effort. And, um, but I think, I think that would definitely be, you know, it, when I go to the conferences and stuff like that and bump into colleagues and stuff, I mean, that's what they talk about is just how, how did you do that? How did Grace Hill right. happen? Yeah. You might look at it and say on paper, it, it probably wouldn't have looked like a, a success at the end of it. Um, and yet, it is. Yeah. It's yeah. follow up question. The most difficult thing um, in working in ministry, which I think you've answered before, but I'll answer it for you. It's working with Brady, isn't it? <laughs> oh, Brady is one of my greatest joys. I love <laughs> Brady. He he does everything. Um, so that's the question. What's the hardest? No, that, part? that was just a, like a silly follow up. Oh, okay. I was kind of joking around. Okay, but not really. Yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. Brady's amazing. Unless you're not. No, okay. I love Brady. <laughs> um, last question. Oof. It's almost hard for me to ask you, I'm going to ask anyway. Mm-hmm. What is your hardest commandment to keep? Wow, that's... <laughs> um, well, I, I mean, I think the simplest one is the first. Yeah. Loving God above all else. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. because, um, it's, it's not like I have a problem with paganism or, you know, like (laughs) it's, it's at times I can, I can put my family number one. Yeah. I can put me number one. Mm -hmm. I do that a lot. I I talk about that in sermons all the time. I am the most selfish person you'll ever meet. Um, I, I, (laughs) (laughs) it's not a, it's not a competition. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> How dare you take my selfishness away from me? Um, no, uh, I I am, you know, and, and by the grace of God, when we talk about the Holy Spirit sanctifying us, that daily the Holy Spirit does work on us that we don't do ourselves. Um, I've seen that change, but I still battle that that um, that I really want the world to revolve around me, and it annoys me when it doesn't, mm-hmm. and it annoys me when. I am inconvenienced in the slightest way and um, where I think I'm most important and uh, and I put my family up there. I put just my own like personal recreation or time or, you know, um, you know, like it, it's one of those things of, you know, just putting God first and, and enjoying him being first, I think, is a challenge. Um, and, and I think he calls me out on that a lot. Hmm. Um, but I struggle with all of them. Yeah. And I, and I think, uh, I, I think, um, I've seen the incredible work of God in my life that, that, um, daily I grow in my maturity and, and things I struggled with 10 years ago aren't even like on my radar anymore by the grace of God, not by me, you know, just like God's work in me. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, there, I, I don't think, you know, Jealousy, yep. Uh, um, you know how I, the the things I say and mm-hmm. and uh, you know wanting to gossip and um, and you know lust and anger and you know self control and you know all these things. Uh, rest, you know, like and and taking time with God. You know, yeah. I think that's I I think that's the weirdest one. Cause I'm a pastor yeah. and I'm in the word all the time that's to do stuff. But sometimes I use that as an excuse. So it's like, well, I, I just spent five hours of Bible prep, mm-hmm. you know, like, 
good check. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but that wasn't that wasn't just spending time. That was work. Yeah. What, what spending time just reading his word and and just meditating on it, you know, like yeah. There's I think there's a difference between you know prep and, and being in the word for the sake of Grace Hill and for, and right. for the people, um, and then also being in the word for your own faith walk right. and your own relationship. Yeah. Is it, that's just a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I think, I think a lot of people in ministry struggle with that. They can right. check the box. Um, right. And so, yeah. Yeah. But I struggle with all of them. Yeah. And, and, uh, that's why I'm just one fellow sinner leading other fellow sinners to Jesus, not mm-hmm. to me. So good questions. Wow. Those great answers. Thanks. Nice job. Um, thank you as always. Um, and thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. If, uh, if you're, um, enjoying this and getting, uh, something from it, please, uh, follow the podcast on uh, Apple or, or Spotify and share it. Um, we truly believe that, uh, that this is an opportunity for us to reach people, um, outside of Grace Hill and, uh, and we think this is a fantastic way to do it. So um, we encourage you to do so. As always, Grace Hill is located at 20275 Honeysuckle Drive in Elkhorn. And we meet three times Sunday morning for worship at 8 a.m., at 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we have space for you and we'd love to have you here. And if you want to submit rapid fire questions, email Aaron. That's right. Email me at Aaron at GraceHillOmaha.com. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. Mm-hmm.